God said that he basically was, didn't, not only did he not accept the worship of the people, but he thought it was disgusting. Mm. And he was like, don't, don't burn those sacrifices and don't bring me your prayers because it's disgusting. Mm. And that was the first time I was like, whoa, he actually, okay, so apparently he doesn't just accept anything and everything we sort of mm-hmm. want to do. offer him. Mm. Mm. There's apparently something more to it. And, and that's when, after I read that, I'm like, the last thing I want is to come to church or anywhere else where I think I'm worshiping God and he's looking at it saying, no, mm. I'm not accepting that. And it's mm. disgusting. So, I mean, like that kind of scared that, me. Like, I don't, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> so it kind of made me start thinking about it and analyzing are the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart acceptable mm. or mm. not. But, so well, did you come to a conclusion? Come to a conclusion. No, it's just more like a an everyday, like a, <laughs> an everyday I, thing. And I think it should be everyday. Just yeah, that's, that's what I think. I think the first problem is is people think worship is when you come into church. That mm. is not worship. <laughs> worship starts before that. It, yes. it starts after that. It's every single day. It's how you live your life. It's how you treat the stranger. It's Everything. How you treat your wife. It's how you treat your best friend. It's how. It's worship is your life, you yeah. know, and Jesus said himself, like, they worship me with their lips, but it's in vain, mm. you know, their heart is not, heart their heart is, is far, far from, from me, me. Mm. you know. Okay, you said the scripture that I think of whenever I think of something like that, it's in Amos chapter 5, and it's the Lord speaking to his people, and he's saying, it's verse 21, I have a couple verses, but starting in verse 21, so this is God speaking, and he says, I hate I despise your feasts, you, <laughs> and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Mm. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. Mm-hmm. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing oh, Wow. Wow. He's like, I want to see your lifestyle, not... Your solemn mm. feast and your grand yeah. offerings. And yeah. yeah. That's, thank you. That's the one. You found it. It's Amos. Yeah. Just this one. There's almost an identical yeah. passage in Isaiah as well. Yeah. 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 A couple times in the Bible. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like growing up, my mom, whenever she was like not, like sometimes she would skip communion and I'd be like, Mom, why? You just take communion. Like, why are you skipping it? And she's like, Because my heart's not in the right place. Mm. And I used to think, like, you need to take communion, like, because it's communion. But to her, like, with that passage, it's like, if I just take this just to take it, and my heart's not where it's supposed to be, then it's just like, like, it's an, wine. like, why? What's right. Right. You know? Well, and so, God tells us yeah. in his word, like, if you're about to do that, to take communion, and you have, still have a beef with your brother down. Sister, right, right. like, go handle that first. Mm. And then you can do this. That's that. why you sit with your family, so you can nudge them and be like, hey, can you forgive me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, like, for me, it was, so her form of worship was being obedient. If, even if that meant just stop partaking of that, you know, like being in a religious ritual, right? Yeah, mm. and, and her set, like saying, My heart's not in the right place to accept this offering and to accept this, you know, this gift. And so, me to for me to honor God, I need to step away from it. So, it was like really worship kind of when she started doing that, and I started realizing why she did it mm. kind of helped me understand like that worship isn't just about what we do, it's also about what we don't do, you know. Mm. And, um, 
Because I think we, when we, like, you, I mean, think about worship, we just think about, like, going to church and singing songs and things like that. But, like, you guys already, like, recognize there's, there's worship is just so much more than just the things we're doing, you know? And, like, um, you know, like, what was it? Somebody, people were talking about how, oh, in my men's group the other day, we were, they were talking about how they felt like they were called uh, to serve, some of them were called to serve the inner city. And, um... And I made a comment to them saying, you know, like, great, you know, serve the inner city, but don't use your calling, because, um, you know, we're called to love every, well, no, we're not called to love everyone, we're commanded. And mm. so I've heard a lot of people, like, using things like, oh, well, I'm not called to serve the homeless, I'm not called to serve, um, you know, the hungry, whatever it is, I'm not called to do this. And I'm like, well, God didn't call you, God commanded, love all people, mm -hmm. you know, and so that means don't use your calling to marginalize those people who are actually in need. Wow. Because that's just a way of you um, kind of copping out to like not serve the people in your community. Mm. Well, and, yeah. And I fully believe that God has a special place in his heart for the marginalized right. in right. Yeah. society. And like constantly throughout scripture, I mean, scripture points to that and just the, the oppressed, the poor, the needy, mm -hmm. like you are absolutely commanded to minister to to, to those people and not more than that but to stand for them like right and yeah. that what's funny is we're starting discipleship a couple of sermon series on discipleship mm -hmm. and the first thing is it's not a suggestion it's a command yeah. and mm -hmm. i think yeah. a lot of a lot of us as christianity everything's a suggestion mm -hmm. you know like oh yeah i can do this or it's like know, it's like a buffet yeah mm -hmm. i can go to church on <laughs> sunday i can you know the, the thing i've heard the most visiting people in east tennessee is well, I don't have to go to church to worship God. I can worship God right here. I hear that I, so many well, times. I respond with this. Well, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Ask, right. how, do, how do you worship God in here? Let me let me. Let me know. You. Right. Right. And What's they won't they won't respond? But it's it's all a suggestion. To, it's like it's not. We forget the fact that God is a beast. You know, like <laughs> he is a beast. God does not play around. And if you joke around with it, dude, he's gonna spit you out. Like that's. <laughs> It's not a suggestion. It's God commanding you, hey, go make disciples. Hey, go serve people. Hey, love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Love me more than you love yourself. You know, like, mm -hmm. these aren't suggestions. These are commands, you know. And, you know, mm. well, and our, our view of love is very twisted, too, you oh, yeah. know, because we're not, we're not getting it from the Bible anymore. We're getting mm -hmm. it from what we see on the screen or, you know, from other people. And, you know, human love can only go so far, sure. you know, <laughs> like, to know the love of God. Um, hmm. we're, we're gonna it's try so much to address more. Love expressed. No, I was very glad that you made that connection though of, you know, being your life is a living sacrifice. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was an act of worship back, you know, in, in the old testament they were making those sacrifices for their worship. Um, and then Jesus came and kind of changed things up. But now that Jesus has come and died and rose from the grave, our lives are that sacrifice. And but it's it's not just dead on the altar. It's 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 living. It's yep. ongoing until the day we die. Mm -hmm. So our our life is an act of worship. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, and amen. Back to the, back to the, the worship question though like um, oh, I forgot that question. Yeah, <laughs> um, just something that kind of 
really transformed my mindset. It was it was just a few years ago. I so, I mean I've grown up a Christian my entire life and even had a very real authentic relationship with him even when I was young. Mm-hmm. But uh, I went to school to study ministry and all this stuff, but it, it was like kind of on the tail end of that that I even had this kind of switch around. I don't know, but um, I think just for the longest time I had been seeking and searching after certain things, which are good things, but it wasn't God himself. Mm. But uh, it's just this one verse, it's Psalm 27, verse 4. Oh, I read this in church on Sunday. But Psalm 27, verse 4, the verse that says, it's David writing it, and he's saying, one thing, uh, you know, I ask one thing of you, Lord. One thing will I seek after, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon your beauty and to inquire in your temple. Mm. And that verse was really what changed my mindset, the fact that, and actually it was Francis, I watched a Francis Chan video on it, so it really, i got to give the credit to Francis Chan. He was asking, like, you know, what's the one thing that you have been praying for lately? Or the one thing that you have been seeking after? Mm. And he said, well, David here, the psalmist, he's his one thing is simply just more of God. Mm. Like, to, to <clears throat> dwell with God, to be in his presence, to just see his beauty, mm. to know him more, to inquire in his temple, just to ask him questions, to meditate on his word, to think about him, and like, just God, just God, more mm-hmm. of God, and and I was it's which is such a novel idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it really like yeah, it kind of switched something around for me. I think because for a couple of years I had been seeking and seeking and seeking after um, things like um, just like you know the good things, like maybe little things here and there that I wanted to fix in my life. Like I need to be better at this. Or I need to get better at this. Mm-hmm. Um, or I have this little issue here that I need to, and I just seeking more and more about how to do that instead of just sitting in God's presence, mm. and like, more of God, you know, mm-hmm. seeking Him. Um, and so that really changed things around for me as wow. far as, and you know how that relates to worship, like as far as living your life as a living sacrifice. You know, again, I kind of share this on Sunday too, but to live your life as this living sacrifice and to just you know, lay aside all of the weight and the sin of everything else. Like, um, that verse in Hebrews literally says to fix your eyes on Jesus. That's how you do that. It's not you having to do all of this stuff or to stop doing all this stuff. Just fix your eyes on Jesus and those things start to fall away. Mm. You know, spend time with God in his presence and just know him more and everything else kind of starts to fade away and go and fall away. Which I loved how you did that Sunday morning. Yeah. Kind of interrupting the worship to read that scripture. And it helped with the transition, too. Like, if you're yeah. moving from key to key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'd, we, I like we'd, we'd like to incorporate more of that. No, yeah. that's... I, that's I mean, absolutely. I keep saying I think this is what the problem is. But I think the real big problem is here in America for the church is that we have a bunch of people that know about God, know that God is good, and God is good all the time, all the time, you know. Yeah, it's good. But have never... <laughs> tasted and seen and experienced how good God really is for themselves. Mm. And if somebody actually not experienced how good church is or experienced how good to be a Baptist is or whatever you want to, but tasted and seen how good God actually is, then they would know there's something about God that I need to be praising him and worshiping him like he deserves to be. Mm. But if you don't experience God and realize for yourself how good God is, 
then your worship looks like what we see on Sunday mornings. Mm. If you've ever had the privilege of looking at people as you're on stage worshiping, we get to see them go and stand there and read some words on the screen mm. because they have not experienced. They've experienced church. They've experienced some Bible verses and they've experienced God through somebody else. But someone who's truly tasted and seen how good that's, God is. Well, we have to realize like our you know, sin. Yeah, you got to. I mean, and that's that's another thing. We we think we're pretty good. We've done this comparison game. We you know I'm better than that person too. Yeah, like I haven't killed anybody. Like they I, need like, to be kneeling you know, down and shouting. At all. Yeah, <laughs> and you know you don't start to praise God until you realize how wicked you are. For example, we had our business meeting. Oh my God! Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, they're talking about security, right? That's like the big thing right now. We need church security. We need church security. And they're all, for an example, a few weeks ago we had a guy in here who came in and he looked ratty and he he was shouting during worship had his hands up and so we went and sat next to him and i said yeah do you know who that guy was he's like that's a guy i invited to come to church on sunday you know why he was raising his hands and shouting that's why because he just got a rehab in jail three months ago and accepted christ into his life so i want i see i want more of him in the church who realizes how good god is was he scaring people like i mean somebody i mean he did look kind of janky (laughs) He's a like he's a. Ryan said that people were texting him during the service. Ryan was sitting next yeah. to the the guy. His name is Ross, and Such Ryan said people were texting him during the service about this guy next to him, and so people were concerned. They were legitimately concerned. I don't know if y'all were. I, I mean, I'm yeah, sure y'all were there, but here's, you know, here's this. I went to a church down in Daytona, Florida. Um, we were on a missions trip, and. Um, the, there was somebody who just pushed the doors wide open and marched down the aisle and said, God is here. God is here. I am God. God is here. Oh, yeah. And we that's were like, that's, that's, that's why you need security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the security. Yeah. I mean, it, that he was like, welcome to Daytona, folks. <laughs> yeah. No, this yeah. guy wasn't even. No, but that, no. That guy wasn't crazy. He like stood up when he thought everyone else was going to stand up. Right. But no one else stood up. Oh, and so didn't then he didn't want to sit Wait. back down and feel weird, so he stayed standing up. And I, I remember someone specifically mentioning that they thought that was so weird. Was I feel so up. bad for people oh. who don't know, like, that's that's our rituals, you know? Like, we don't tell people to sit down. It's just like, amen, and everyone sits down, and you're like, okay, oh. sit. I know y'all don't go to our church, but we have this guy who's special needs. He's probably 19. Tell 